Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke, Henry, and Andrew. Glad to be with you today on this Monday, the end of June. Summer is flying by. Spent two nice days at the pool over the weekend. Little Maddie, she might be swimming across the the pool by the end of the the summer. Look out. We're, We're getting ready for the Olympics. We'll be watching the Olympics. We're getting we're getting Maddie ready now. Under two years old, let's get her swimming. First step, stop drinking the chlorine water. So once we get that figured out, then we'll be able to start swimming laps. But uh, had a great weekend. Glad to be here today. We have, we've got so many kind of topics just across the spectrum to get to. We've got the NBA playoffs going on. we got some, some NFL rumblings here and there to, to touch on. You know, what's going on with baseball and, and, and some of the, the cheating that's taking place? How do we feel about that? And, and then even in the NBA playoffs, who are we rooting for? Can we actually root for Chris Paul? Do we want Chris Paul and the Suns to win it all? Is that possible? Because I feel like Chris Paul was always the guy we rooted against, but now it feels like he's the guy we root for. How many times has that happened in sports over the years? Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit. Also, I'm back fresh from Texas. I saw Luke. I met Luke's wife. We'll share some stories about uh, my time in Texas and, and getting dinner with Luke and Madeline. Uh, also, some some NBA rumors and, and things going on in the NBA with Damian Lillard. Where will he end up? And and then also NC State college baseball. What, what do we make of this? And then what about the NCAA? And and now moving forward, or I guess college sports are moving away from the NCAA with the name image likeness, which I love. I, I, I'm so thrilled that that athletes in college are finally going to get. Uh, more money than than what they've they've gotten over the years because they are due and I've been banging the table for this for over 15 years and so glad that that's finally uh, starting to really really happen so uh, lots of thoughts on that as well uh, but make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page uh, you can subscribe there you can subscribe to this podcast uh, if you're listening live make sure you like and share and comment we'd love to hear from you what are you convinced of today? We want to hear what you're convinced of. We'll hear from Henry and Luke in a moment what they're convinced of. I'll share what I'm convinced of as well. And then also, if you haven't signed up for the Unpack This devotional, be sure to do that. Today on the show, we will talk about no excuses. And that's today's devotional, which will go out in email form later today. And you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Let's say good morning to Luke. Luke, it was great seeing you. How was the weekend? It was good. A lot of driving. We have, uh, oh yeah. So uh, went to a wedding and. Um, a wedding for Luke. Oh yeah. Got to, it, it's, it's wedding season. It's summer. I'm in the young 20s. All of the, yeah. I don't know if I was pulling this move on the dance floor. Oh, okay. Tossing out the Bryce Jazz fingers, seeing all the people I haven't seen. 
Yep. Um, I threw those out to my neighbors yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun. It, we, uh, it, we got back at like one thirty in the morning on Saturday, but, you know, still made church in the morning. Actually, my mom and stepdad visited our church. They really wanted to see um, the church we're going to. But yeah, I had to light up the dance floor a little bit at the at the wedding. Didn't go too hard. Didn't want to overshadow the other people on the dance floor. So, uh, well, yeah, let's hear about that. Let's unpack that. What is your wedding dance strategy? Yeah. What songs do you go in for? What songs do you go out for? Do you go in solo? Is it you and the boys dancing around? Is it you <laughs> and any ladies that are out there? Or is it strictly mm. you and Madeline and that's it? Well, so prior to marriage. Any slow dance song, you know, I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the market of okay. Let me just find someone to dance with. You know what? I'll sit at my table. I'll go grab a piece of cake. I'll watch people dance. Piece of cake. So slow dance songs, I'm, I'm piecing out. But as soon as another hype song comes on, it's always like the DJ has the obligatory slow dance songs. People kind of leave. You'll have the couples, and then as soon as the jams come back on. People flood the dance floor. So, you know, I, I try to stay relevant in the new age dance moves, try to stay young, try to stay hip. For a while, it was easy to stay young. But now I'm 23. I'm, not in <laughs> I'm out of college. So uh, it's a little stronger effort to stay young. But, you know, in, a, in the least prideful way possible, I have, been, I have been applauded for my dancing ability. And I have my mother to thank for that. She has very good rhythm, good dancer. And... Uh, you know what? Really, it just takes being able to stay on beat. If you can stay on beat, you can dance anywhere. So, wow. uh, so yeah. Wow. Well, good for you because I'm the opposite. So I don't like to dance, and it's it stems from a uh, I don't know. I don't want to use the wrong word. Tragic uh, situation when I was in sixth grade, and I walked across the dance floor and asked a girl to dance with me, and she said no. Oh and no! So from that point on, I hated <laughs> I hated to dance. That was like my one shot in sixth grade. I, I, I built up enough courage to walk across the dance floor. A girl that I had, you know, been staring at in, in, you know, at the lunch table for in a creepy way, laser focused on her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so that's <laughs> the one I want to ask to dance. And so I went, I went across the dance floor. She said no. And I was devastated, but I still at that point was still, you know, courageous enough. I went back and asked her friend and guess what her friend said? No. no, that was also oh. enough. I was over two. <laughs> and from that point on, it was a very sad experience for me at dances. It was usually oh. standing on the loser wall. And, and, and like the I shared loser couple, wall. Wow. Loser wall. That was me. I there was, was a loser wall, wall in Charlotte. All right. Yeah, I was I was struggling. <laughs> and I oftentimes would dance with the girls that, you know, no one else would dance with. And so uh, maybe a good guy in that regard or maybe just we were both desperate. And so we just found each other. I do so have a yeah. situation. I do have a couple questions. So, so I try to I try to find a happy medium. You never want to be the guy that has to be in the middle. Like when the dance circle forms, first guy in there. You don't want to be that guy. Like, all right, we get it. You can dance. My friend, you don't. Yeah, yeah, we 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 don't need we. Let's have some other guy. people in the circle. But yep. we also don't want to be Mister Timid guy that refuses. Everyone's pushing as hard as they can. Dude, just get in the circle for five seconds. Like. Have a little fun. And then my other question is, some people will dance, do like actual dances, but some people will turn everyday movements and actions into dance moves. Like like for you, you're a swimmer. 
Do you do you do you bring out the free stroke? Are, are you free stroking on the I'll, dance floor? Are you uh, are you opening? Are you are you doing the toothbrush? Are you opening the <laughs> the <laughs> the washing machine? Putting the clothes in? Putting the that clothes can't be in? Clearly, that's not a thing. Hundred percent a thing. Oh my so god! I'm, I'm saying there there is no stopping if you are on that side of the aisle. On I'm just gonna take an everyday thing and turn it into a dance move. It can be done, but it can be a epic Kindly failure. Leave. Yeah. Kindly leave. We'll ask them <laughs> off the dance floor. But but so so that was my start in the dance realm in sixth grade. It did not go well. And and then flash forward to, you know, single Bryce post-college, in college, when I went to a lot of weddings. I went to, I don't know, probably pushing 30 weddings. And wow. many of those I went by myself before Jody and I started dating and got married. Um, and so I was always the guy that like people were begging to come out. Oh, come on, Bryce. You got to come out to the dance Ooh. floor. You got to come out to the dance floor. And no, 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 I'm good. I'm gonna have another piece of cake. And, and so it was always the awkward. No, no, no. I really, I don't dance. I, I don't want to be out there. Please stop bothering me. And, and so uh, that was, that was the unfortunate part for, for those years. Then when Jody entered the, the picture, I was strictly, all right, I'll do the slow dance. I'll go out for the slow dance. And then I would just let Jody dance, you know, the whatever the fun, crazy songs. She would just do that with the other ladies. Now I would get a little concerned. Sometimes the guys, you know, they sneak in there. You, the guy you mentioned who wants to be at the center. Yeah. Sometimes he gets out there with all the single ladies and hey, yeah. hey easy. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I dropped my mic. <laughs> I just dropped the mic. Bryce is getting aggressive here. He does not, he does not appreciate the guy who gets wow. into the center of the circle. Oh no, we've lost, we've lost the screw. This is no good. Let's this just zoom no in good. on Bryce here. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Look oh, at him. Oh, no. It's chaos. Intern Andrew is trying to help, but he has knocked over a light. We are <laughs> we are in trouble. Oh, my. This is what happens when we start our show talking about dancing. Bryce's least favorite yeah. thing. I will say. Thank you, Luke. Thank if, you, Luke. This was not planned. <laughs> this was not planned. I will say, though, if you are married, if you are, it doesn't matter if you're an atrocious dancer or not. You're married. Oh, he's a married guy. Yeah, we don't Real. care how good he dances. He's dancing with his wife. But if you are single, Ooh. it is it, 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 it. There is some strategy. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes, hey, you can't miss if you don't shoot. So That's That's don't fair. walk out to the dance floor unless you are ha at least competent, because it can be an absolute train wreck quickly. But the wedding was fun. It was uh, a lot of college <laughs> buddies got to. Uh, Got to reminisce Great. with and talk to. So, uh, I'm glad yeah. glad to hear it. Well, um, we'll, we'll uh, how about this? for those for those listening to the podcast after the fact, Bryce is now he has turned a non handheld mic into a handheld mic, but holding it in the most non handheld way possible. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is fantastic. What a day! What a day! This is what happens when I'm gone for a week. So, um, all right, I will say this. Now that I've got little Maddie, I dance around the house. And what's funny is we have like a, a window on the door of our kitchen that's just wide open for the neighborhood. So I can only imagine people are, are looking over and seeing me dance around the kitchen like a crazy person. But when, when, when you're with your daughter, it doesn't but with matter. your daughter, it's fine. It's, fine. it's, 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 fine. When, it's when, yeah, it's when you go on a solo mission and they the, the dog walkers happen to look to their right and see you. That's Maybe just good. disheveled, bathrobe on. What's this guy Ooh. doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's always <laughs> that's always a risk. We always wonder about that because there, there is a, a window in our bathroom that's that's questionable. It's like, can people see? Can, <laughs> you might need to board that one up. 
Yeah, we usually <laughs> just keep the, keep the lights off. Yeah, it's scary. But uh, but anyway, all right. So we got so much to get to today. We're talking dancing and, and all the important topics. Um, but let's uh, let's begin with with I'm convinced, and let's actually start with Henry. Let's say good morning to Henry. Henry had a big weekend at the the Travelers Golf Tournament, uh, and and just a wild tournament. He was giving us play by play throughout the week. So Henry, good morning. How are you? How'd you survive the weekend? How much fun did you have? on the golf course how much dancing took place what's going on what's going on boys now as far as dancing is concerned my, my wife and i we did do a little cha-cha slide on the golf course on thursday Ooh, so all right we did get that in there and for you boys the best advice that i could give you is the line dance every <laughs> every wedding has a line dance Can't and my recommendation up. for you guys is the electric slide, <laughs> the cha-cha slide, <laughs> and the Cupid shuffle. Cupid <laughs> shuffle. Yeah, the Cupid, if you got if you're single, you just get in the back of the line because once those songs come on, everybody comes out. And so all you got to do is just keep in step with everybody else and you'll be all right. I do like the electric slide. I'll give you that one. All right. right. So, yeah. But as far as what I'm convinced of, I'm convinced that you guys have got well a few people have got have tried to get me into golf but Bryce Johnson and Luke Heaton have accomplished what most have failed to do they've made me a golf fan wow this weekend at the at the Travelers Championship which is a big uh which is a big event here in Connecticut um the golf the PGA tour calls it the 5th um, the fifth major. Oh yeah. And so my wife and I, I had a day off from doing the show for iHeartRadio. And so we took in the Thursday, we took in the opening day and we were on the 10th tee. Mm. And so the 10th tee is 462 yards from tee to hole. And I didn't realize that I had been there a couple of times just for work, but I didn't really pay attention to it. But when I wasn't working, I actually got to sit down in my wife and my wife knew nothing about golf. So I was the big hero in explaining to her everything that's going on. And so I actually got to sit and look at the 10th tee. And I'm like, these boys have to go through two sets of trees just to hit the fairway. Yeah. I'm like, these guys, I'm like, I couldn't, I would probably hit the tree every single time. 100%. But 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 what was so fun about the travelers is that we were on the tenth tee and we were right there in the afternoon tee times. So all we did was just watch guys tee off, watch guys tee off, watch guys tee. Off. We were like, oh okay, oh is he gonna hit it this way? Where is he gonna hit it? Who's the who's this guy? And just keeping in with the just keeping up with the scores is like oh Bubba's doing this. Bubba's doing that. And who's this Harris English guy? And where did Brooke Kepka from? Where did Brooks Kepka come from? From out of nowhere. Yeah. Jason Day's up here trying to catch people. And then all of a sudden he falls off. And then, of course, we have Bubba Watson, who was in the driver's seat up until well, up until 14. And then I don't know what happened. It looked like a car. It looked like a train wreck. Boys, I would I, you wouldn't have even wanted to see this. We're talking bogey, bogey, bogey double bogey and then bogey to finish off he was at 13 under at halfway at the turn and then winds up seven under for the tournament tied for 19th and i haven't even talked about the two guys who actually went into an eight eight hole unbelievable playoff. unbelievable eight hole playoff 
Like, is somebody going to win this thing? They kept parring all the holes. It didn't look like anybody wanted to win. They would look like they were playing to lose. I'm like, dude, guys, you're playing for $2 million. What are you doing? Yeah. Until <laughs> eventually until eventually, Harris English winds up winning the tournament. winning, And I believe he's the only one to win multiple tournaments this year. So it was a great time. It was a great time at the uh, at the Travelers Championship. If you're ever in Connecticut and you're around Travelers time, my suggestion would be to definitely go take in the round. Hey, shout uh, out to my wife. Works for Travelers, so here's a Travelers plug. She was last at last year's tournament. She was going to be in the VIP tent because they have, I think, half the volunteers are Travelers employees, I believe. Mm. So she was yeah. going to be in the VIP tent, checking on the big names. Hey, you need this. You need this. Little networking. <laughs> But then they canceled. No volunteers and just players only last year. So, we're uh. But I just got a new uh Travelers Peter Millar golf shirt discounted. So nice, uh, so nice. Yeah. So I added that to the arsenal. So we're feeling it divine right now. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, cool. Well, Henry, I'm glad you had a, a great time and great experience. And golf is a, a wonderful game. I, I still would rather watch it than play it. But that's uh, <laughs> that, that's just me. Teach um, their own. So, and I I still like golf on TV. Like we, we have the Wells Fargo uh, championship here in Charlotte. And so I try to go to at least one round a year. I, di- I did not go this year, uh, but I try to go to at least one every year. Cause it's always fun to be there, but you can't beat golf on TV because the, the problem is when you're, you're just stuck at one hole, you don't know what's going on on the other holes. Whereas when you're at home, you're, you're watching the best of the best and whatever, yep. you know, yep. you're in the know. So it's a great experience. I, if, if a golf tournament comes near you, it's, it's great to be there. But I still, man, golf on TV, it's it's awesome. And especially a playoff, an eight-hole playoff. That's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. So, well, cool. All right, so that, there's Henry. We'll hear from Henry in just a little bit. We'll do our segment, Tap Drill. We'll have some fun there. And and let me – I'll save my, my I'm convinced in, in a little bit. I want to jump into Unpack This. And it's interesting that today's topic is no more excuses. And, and today we started our show late, and so I could come in and, and – fill you with a bunch of excuses for why I was running behind this morning or why we didn't start the show on time and you know why my hair doesn't look as good as it could, why I didn't shave, all those excuses. But here, here's why we bring up this topic. And so unpack this. We take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and, and love talking, talking Jesus, talking faith here on the show. And so here, here's the, the topic today. As we head into the NFL season, there are certain teams and players where the 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 time is now and and there's an article on on ESPN with this headline for the Raiders Derek Carr no more excuses real or imagined it, it's time and I'm a Derek Carr fan he has been a guest on unpacking it I love Derek Carr he's been on my fantasy teams he's great but now is the time for the Raiders to take the step forward no more excuses you got a run game. You got weapons at, at receiver. You got one of the top tight ends in the league. You, you've built through the draft. You've added key defensive players. You, you know, you know, Mike Mayock has taken over. You got a new GM. You, you've got uh, you know, a Super Bowl winning coach. It, it's now or never. No more excuses for the Oakland Raiders or for the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and so, you know, you can say, oh, the, the Chiefs are in our division or the, oh, the Broncos are up and coming or the Chargers are going to be good. No, no more excuses for the Raiders. It's time. And, and Henry mentions you can apply this to the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. 
No more excuses. Daniel Jones has tons of weapons with the Giants. I mean, loaded, loaded with talent. As long as Saquon Barkley comes back and plays you know, as well as he, he did his first couple seasons before getting hurt, um, they, they, can, they can count on a, a strong offense this year, uh, especially with the Giants. And so you look across the league and some of these you know kind of younger players, hey, no more excuses. L.A. Rams, you, you can't blame uh, Jared Goff anymore. Now you got Matthew Stafford. No, no more excuses from a, from Sean McVay in regards to the quarterback position. All right, so how does this re- relate to our own lives? We know what excuses are. And I, trust me, I, I am guilty of the excuses. And here are some of the common things that we, we do in life. I'm too busy. And so that's always an excuse. I'm too busy, so I can't serve at church. I can't reach out to my friends. Oh, I, I forgot to call you back. I'm too busy. Uh, oh, yeah, I haven't taken care of what my wife asked me to do. I'm too busy. So that's one excuse. Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I don't have enough money. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do, you know, I can't serve. I can't give here, help here. Can't help that person. Don't have enough money. Okay, another excuse. Uh, what, what are the other excuses that, that you resonate with? And, and hopefully they, they, you know, they filter through your mind. Sometimes we're, we're in denial where we don't even recognize the excuses that we're always giving. And, and for me, one of my you know, struggles in life is I'm always late. And so I always have some excuse for why I'm late to something. But there comes a point where those excuses get old, just like with the, with the Las Vegas, I keep wanting to call them the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. No more excuses. They're a car. It's time. You got the talent. You got the arm strength. You got the weapons. Let's get back to that MVP caliber quarterback play that you had just a few years ago. Carson Wentz, he's out of Philadelphia. No more excuses. You're in Indy with Frank Reich. This is your year. Let's make it happen. And so for you and I, we, we've got to remove a lot of these excuses that we, we use all the time. And a lot of it leads to procrastination. It, it leads to us not doing what God is calling us to do. We, we come up with a whole list of reasons why we can't do something, even though we know that God is, is pushing us, encouraging us, calling us to do something, to step out of the boat, to take a step of faith, and, and to move forward uh, in, in impactful ways uh, fruitful ways that, that he's clearly identified for us. And, and so that's one side of it. The other side of it is a little bit more spiritual when it comes to following Jesus. Now, for some people, they come up with all sorts of excuses for why they don't believe. Well, I don't believe in the Bible because of this. And they have all these different excuses. I don't believe God is good. And they have different excuses or now nah, I don't want to follow Jesus uh, and a bunch of excuses. And, and so you can, you can read the, the New Testament. And there, there are some of those excuses that, that pop up. Oh, well, yeah, no, I'll follow Jesus, but let me go take care of this first. I got, a, I got a family situation I got to go deal with or a work situation I got to go deal with first. And then, and then I'll follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I'll follow Jesus later. No more excuses. And, and this idea that, that oh, I don't know if, if, if God is real. Guess what? He's made himself very evident to us. We look all around. There's no excuse. Just, just the, the experience of, of watching a baby born, that's all the, the miraculous evidence that we need, that there is a creator, that there is someone above and beyond us, and, and that, that is God. And, and so uh, here, here's what it says in Romans uh, that I think is an important verse, Romans 1.20, and, and this you know, speaks to that we, we don't have any excuse for uh, 
not believing and not understanding that there, there really is a God. So it says, <clears throat> forever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in, trust in him are without excuse and without defense. There's, there's no excuse. God is good. God is faithful. God is love. God is real. God is the creator. Just look around at this amazing universe that, that we have and the, 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 just the bigness of God. He's there. He, he, he loves us. And then how personal he, he became for us when, when Jesus came and, and represented who God is in human form, the perfect man, the son of God. And, and so now we can know him, follow him, and and experience the life that he has for us, we got to drop the excuses and go all in and, and follow him each day and surrender our lives to him and, and experience all that he has for us. And so uh, it's a message for me today. I'm, I'm an excuse maker for a lot of you know worldly things, practical day-to-day things that still take away from relationships and, and, and strain certain situations, but then also spiritually speaking, no more excuses for why we're not reading the Bible. We just got to get up a little bit earlier, right? The the benefit of spending time with God. Let's stop making excuses for why it's not happening. And we got to stop with the excuses for why we're not going to church. You know, I I know the Rona is still going on in in many ways, but we got to take the steps to get back into church and and to start serving and to to be a part of this body of believers. Uh, It's so crucial and important. So that's my encouragement to all of us today. Uh, Luke, you want to jump in and, and add any other thoughts to this? Man, this <clears throat> this conversation could go so many different directions. Apologetics, discipleship, sanctification. First thing I'll say is... Luke is in seminary, so all those big words, those are from <laughs> Luke in seminary. Hey, we should know what sanctification means. That's right, we should. <laughs> um, but the first thing that comes to mind is, man, as, as finite people, we sure act like we're infinite so often. Mm. Especially with... With the amount of time we think we have, my wife said this yesterday, man, life's too short to have bad friends. Man, that's so true. You could say that sentence for everything. Man, life's too short to not spend time in God's word. Life's too short to pretend like I don't need to be real about my sin. Life's too short to blow off fellowshipping with God. Life's too short to not repent. Mm. There's so many things. It's so easy to get caught up in. Oh, I'll live forever. And, but, man, one, obviously, we could all die at any moment in time. And if you think how the, my pastor this weekend was talking about this idea of it's so easy to just kind of reject God and focus on ourselves. But, man, we are fragile people. Think of what it takes to keep us alive. We have to eat every few hours. We have to drink water all the time. We have to sleep. We have to constantly be worried about our safety. We have to go to the doctor. We have to go to the dentist. And obviously, those things are not true of every culture. But a lot of those things, the idea we have to eat, sleep, and drink, or we will die. We are so fragile, but yet we think we are superhumans, and we're infinite, and we have all the time in the world, and we're so inward-focused that we put off the important things that have eternal value. One, repenting and placing your faith in Jesus Christ should be done now. Mm. Like, there is no time to waste. 
Mm. But yet we always make excuses on when we'll be real with our sin. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me focus on this season of life, and then I'll start taking Christ seriously. And what world do you think you're guaranteed this the next season of life? There's right. no way we should think that. And then yeah, I don't. There's just so many directions we could go. And then yeah. So I love what you're talking about. I, I love processing this idea of how finite we are, how frail we are, and how seriously we need to take God now, especially considering that he's good and he's faithful and he loves us. It's not like we're taking seriously a God that is deceptive, that's a liar, that's evil. Like, he is creator and he is good. He is worthy because he is God. So let's take that seriously. Obviously, we all know how hard that is. We're still sinful people. We are selfish. We are prideful all the time. But man, life's too short to have bad friends. Life's too short to not take God seriously because he's God. And man, we are so finite. So man, let's just, let's take that. Let's take it seriously. One step application. What's one thing that you can start taking more seriously in your relationship with God? doesn't have to be because i get caught up in this all the time i'll get overwhelmed with all the things i have to do and then i'll end up doing none of it oh yeah. my gosh i have so much yeah. to do i'm just going to do none of it that's right let's think of one thing what's mm-hmm. one thing in your relationship with god that you can that you need to take more seriously that you need maybe it's repenting god i haven't followed you in a long time or i haven't followed you at all repent mm-hmm. maybe it's i have i haven't had i haven't spent any time in my local church Maybe that. Maybe it's, I've been in the church for 10 years, but I have not served once. Maybe it's start serving. Just pick one thing, and then start doing that and be faithful, and then that faithfulness will multiply. Mm. But at minimum, yeah. we have to start taking God seriously. Amen. Amen. And yeah, what, and what's one thing, yeah, we can just stop making excuses for, and, and just just do it. Just go for it. So let, let's stop making excuses for why I, I, I owe like three friends phone calls and I got to stop making excuses for why I haven't called them back. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. those types of things that I think, man, weeks go by and it's like, no, I got to take care of that. And my wife has asked me to do something. I got to put up something. <laughs> I haven't done it. It's been months now. It's time. Like I got to stop making excuses. I just got to put that thing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like Luke's saying, the, the more serious things, uh, we got to stop, stop making, making excuses. So that's the encouragement for us today. You can unpack that. Let us know uh, your thoughts as, as well. Uh, put, something, put something on the chat. Let, let us know something that, that you want to stop making excuses for. Hey, we uh, read the chat. Yeah. And we'd love to, put it on, we'd love to put it on the stream. Put you chat, stream. you may, 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 may make the big show. It'll be on the stream. There you go. Put it on the stream. All right. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the Unpack This devotional. Unpackingit.com has all the information there. You can receive it in your email. All right. So let's jump into uh, some of the, the sports topics of the day and Luke all right let me let me start with what I'm convinced of and and we'll start with the start with the NBA all right okay. so here's a silly one I am convinced the NBA jerseys in the playoffs have got to go I'm hmm. watching the Milwaukee Bucks last night going what team is playing tonight <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks what is this blue I mean what happened to the traditional colors? I just don't understand. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns have one of the greatest jerseys and brands and logos and the 100%. gorilla, and yeah. all of it is awesome. And now they've got Sun City or the Valley or get out of here with the Valley. The Valley. What are From we Milwaukee, about? Cream City. 
And I don't like Charlotte Buzz City. We're Charlotte Hornets. Give me the pinstripe Charlotte Hornets. That's what 100%. I want. Yeah, I don't it's, want no simple. it's simple. It's simple. So I, simple. Stop. stop. So I, I don't I don't like that, especially in the playoffs. This is the big boy. Now, if you want to do it on a Tuesday night just to sell some alternative jerseys, I get it. That's a, a financial decision, marketing decision. Go for it. We are talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals. It is distracting. I want to see DeAndre Ayton dunk the ball wearing the classic Phoenix Suns colors. Not this... This valley, valley, with valley girl. No, no, get it out. Get it out. That's what I think of. That's what I think of with the valley. You're probably, valley probably, girl. You're probably, you're probably too young for that. Oh, no, we said valley girl. That was, oh, did you? Uh, that was a thing? In that my middle school thing? days, yeah. Okay. We said it. We probably didn't really know what it meant, but we, no, we said but it. The valley girl. So, <laughs> and, and I'm also convinced of this. DeAndre Ayton, he is, he is a superstar in the making. I am all in on the center for the Phoenix Suns. I love his game. I grew up a huge David Robinson fan. I see some similarities there. You know, just a skinny, strong, solid, big man that Hmm. actually wants to, you know, get in the paint, can shoot a little bit, but he's not out there standing at the three. If I see one more big man standing at the three, I'm going to lose it. So (laughs) uh, get in the paint, dunk the ball, use your your size, your strength, and, and, you know, Chris Paul's ability to throw alley-oops unreal so impressive and so Aiton benefits greatly uh from that so that's what that's the first thing i'm convinced of i got one more but you go you jump in luke go ahead okay so let me first comment on your jersey take because you're a jersey guy you're uh, a jersey guy maybe a little i do appreciate i don't have a ton of jerseys but i i like jerseys so i will say there's a happy medium i love throwbacks throwback love jerseys, especially throwbacks. the mavs this year they had their green their old 1980s green throwbacks, amazing. Give me the hardwood classics. But the new City Edition, they're very hit or miss. The Dallas one, I have not been very thrilled with the Dallas City Edition jerseys. Or just the uh, Dallas Mavs in general, but we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. But no, so I love hardwood classics. But yeah, the, the new age, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just old man here, but the new age jerseys. 23-year-old. <laughs> But I agree with you. The new age jerseys are interesting. I would prefer the normal jerseys and then give me as much hardwood classics as you can give me because yeah. they're incredible. Incredible. Um, so my I'm convinced is in the NBA. Now, I'm almost hesitant to say this because I don't want to come across as Mr. Prideful know-it-all sports fan guy. Ooh, please but, don't. Please but don't. Nobody likes that guy, Luke. I'm convinced that we have to start taking vet, old pl- retired NBA players' opinions with a ginormous grain of salt. The biggest grain of salt you have ever seen in your life. Guinness World <laughs> Records grain of salt. Because, because guys, like, typically you go in, oh yeah, former all sports broadcasts, let's get a former player, their opinion is is true, they played basketball, they know the game. That is just not the case. For NBA players from the 90s are haters. Haters. Scottie Pippen, whether you agree with his comment about KD and, and Andre Iguodala, dude is a hater. Shaq, the biggest hater I have ever seen. Part of it's because they're so <sighs> upset that these new guys are getting so much money. Big contracts. Oh, well, back in my day. Yeah, we were, we were tough. Yeah, we played real defense. Well, well, first of all, the game is entirely different. 
Let's uh, can we look at your three point percentages? Because if we're going to compare eras, how about we go to your three point percentage column? Because that was ab- abysmal. So this idea that we should just honor whatever a '90s basketball player says, or even older guys. Yes, I know they know the game, and I'm going to defer to them more than just your normal sports anchor who never played basketball. But they also come at it with pride from their era that overlooks the greatness of the current era. Because mm-hmm. the eras change. You can't compare 90s basketball to current basketball. So these old these older guys are hating on the current players, and I just don't buy it. I, I buy it sometimes. They have good points sometimes, but I'm convinced we take it with a much bigger grain of salt because it's starting to get ridiculous, the hate that 90s veterans are saying. All right, so I'm a 90s guy. I love 90s basketball. That's the glory days. That's when I fell in love with with basketball. And and I'm I I've got Michael Jordan on the wall here. But poor Scottie Pippen. He just never gets his due. And and so it's almost like oh you're like discrediting Scottie Pippen. To me his his opinion does matter. He is one of the best players ever. And dare I say I'm convinced that Michael Jordan would not have won six championships without Scottie Pippen. Well that's yeah, I'm fair. willing to say it. I'm willing to say it. Because Scottie Pippen did all the little things. He was so crucial defensively, his ability to pass and, and, and run the point when, need, when he needed to. He was kind of a point forward. He would hit big shots. He was so smooth. And, and so he's got a great perspective on, on the game of basketball. He is a champion. And when Shaq speaks, he is a champion. He understands what it takes. He understands what it takes to be a big man. Now, where he loses credibility for me is, hey, hit a free throw. I still, I still hold that against him, that he never – mastered the free throw shooting anybody that can't shoot free throws to me it just drives me nuts it's such a it's a discipline and you got to get in the gym and and shoot free throws Uh, and if it is a mental thing you got to overcome that you got to work with some you know the the psychology coaches type of things so anyway that's my that's my thought and and i'm okay with the older guys like bringing some perspective to the conversation um but don't, you know, don't downgrade to your point. Don't downgrade what the players are doing now. Kevin Durant, unbelievable player, but but I'm 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 on the side that Kevin Durant can't carry a team to a championship. So that that's where I come out on it. As good as he is, I don't think he's got the it factor to actually go win a championship where he's carrying a team that couldn't that couldn't do it without him type of thing. Because yeah. the Warriors could do it without him because they already did. And again, that's why I said I didn't want to come across as Mr. Know It All sports fan. Because again, I I do typically defer to former players' opinions, but not when it's hating the new guys. Because these 90s guys come and call in the league soft. I agree. The league is softer, but that's also because the rules have changed. You can't hand-check someone. You can't play on-ball defense as physical. And the shots that are being taken is completely different. So it's not as simple as hating on guys for being soft the rules don't even allow them to be as physical. I'm all Fair. for making it a more physical game. The, how they dish out flagrants, atrocious. So frustrating. You breathe on a guy and you're, you're ejected. It's, it's absurd. But <laughs> yeah, I know. We, t- we did get into that a little bit last week or a couple weeks ago because, uh, what was it, Jokic that got kicked out of the game? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Ejected for that? What do we do? I know. I know. So, all right. Let, let, let's stay in the NBA real quickly. I know some, some people uh, – are not NBA fans, but but this is a question for us today. Are the NBA playoffs better or worse without LeBron James, without Steph Curry, without Kevin Durant? Right? Those are probably the three biggest stars in the NBA. Is that that's fair? Those three. Uh, right? Those are the three. So K- they're not KD, in. It. Steph and LeBron, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So they're out. So 
Where does that leave us? Are fans jumping on the Trey Young bandwagon with the shimmy? Do we like that? Are we jumping on the Giannis bandwagon? Do we want to see Giannis, a former MVP, win win the championship and carry his his bucks despite his head coach? Is he going to go all the way? Um, <laughs> a little shot at Budenholzer. Um, and then and then what about the Phoenix Suns? Do people like Chris Paul? And are you rooting for Chris Paul, the veteran? You know, kind of in the shadow of LeBron and D Wade and Carmelo Anthony. I would, I think all three of those guys probably got more attention throughout their career uh, than now. Part of that was because Carmelo was with the Knicks, but even though Paul probably is one more than Melo, uh, just playoff wise. Um, but the Clippers always fell short when Chris Paul was with Blake Griffin and the, and the Clippers, and so they yeah. never really got far. But now they're getting closer, and so I think back to just kind of sports where. Once a guy sticks around long enough, fans start to root for that guy just because he's been around. I agree. It's like, with oh, that. Well, well, he's been around, so yeah, I want to see him win. Yeah. Where? So, so if you're listening right now, where do you come out on that in regards to Chris Paul? Because remember, when he was at Wake Forest, he wasn't always likable. He punched Julius Hodge, and that was a, a questionable thing. So that that stuck with him for a long time. I would still say he's not likable. He doesn't see. Yeah. No. So that's fair. I don't think he's as likable. But do, does part of you go, well, yeah, he's not likable, but I'd, I'd be happy for him to, to win. So that's, that's my question for us today. Uh, that's a great question. I, I, yeah, it, it's almost like once someone's 35 in a great but hasn't won a ring, your heart wants him to get a ring. Because as a sports fan, you, want, you still want to – as a sports fan, if you are so loyal – I don't know if loyal is the right word, but if you're so into your, if you're so into your team that you can't acknowledge greatness and can't root for greatness, you're missing out on sports. I, I don't think CP3 is the most likable guy. His antics kind of frustrate me. He's one of those guys where if he's playing against my team, I despise him. But now watching him, like the dude is great. His strategy, the way he sees the game, his his antics on trying to draw fouls, trying to get in people's heads, and he, he's an all time great point guard. I want to acknowledge that greatness, and I think it'd be awesome if Chris Paul had a championship. That just sounds right. If a player like Chris Paul not having a ring, that just doesn't seem fair. I know there's no fairness in sports. Yeah, but it, it, feel, it feels like, man, it would be awesome if Chris Paul had a ring. But that's true. Once you reach 35, man, we start to be sympathetic as sports fans. Oh, he's old. We play the old guy card. Well, he's an old man. Like, yeah, we want good things to happen to him. So, so I, I have not been a Chris Paul fan, not a fan, not a fan, but there is part of me that, that transitions into what you're talking about. You get to a certain age, you're like, yeah, all right. I could, I guess I'd be happy for him. And you know who else that falls into? Philip Rivers was never a fan of Philip Rivers, but last year, part of, partly because he was on the Colts, I, I was pulling for him and it's like, all right. Yeah. Philip Rivers. He's been around a long time. All right, go for it. And similar to Brett Favre, I wasn't a big Brett Favre fan during the heyday with Green Bay. But toward the end, once he started hanging around so long. Yeah, you want to see the old guys win. I don't know. I like I like Brett Favre. Same with Tom Brady. I did not like Tom Brady for 15 years. And then probably the last five years, I've been like, all right, I appreciate him. I, I got I to gotta respect him. Good for him. Let's see how many he can win. Um, so it's just fun. It is. It's, it's so interesting as, as sports fans, how that happens. Um, yeah. from, think, age 20, from their age 20 to 30, you hate them. Hate them. Yeah. And, and I think then, yeah. Kobe Bryant, a lot of people did not like Kobe Bryant. Then toward the end, 100%. after he died, now you know everybody loved him. Yeah. Um, it just kind of came out of the woodwork. It was very interesting to, to see that because I was a fan uh, almost from the beginning. 
at first I didn't like Kobe, and then I quickly became a Kobe fan. Maybe because the Hornets traded him. So initially I was like, wait a second. But then I then I was I was yeah. all in pretty quickly. To, to your question though, I, I do really like the playoffs right now. And and I can totally understand and get behind people saying, No, we need to have the KDs, LeBrons, and Stephs. That's what makes the NBA playoffs great. Hey, I can totally acknowledge that opinion for me though again we've talked about this before i love when small market teams like milwaukee make it far because small market teams does that doesn't happen very often i love when new players are able to get an opportunity to shine now i wouldn't say i'm a trey young fan i think he's awesome i think he's probably trying to become this era's reggie miller which oh yeah he's done pr- a pretty good job like especially playing the knicks in the opening series I think Trey Young could play that part really well, but I just love when teams who don't normally have an opportunity or who haven't been able to have success in an opportunity start winning games. Like that's awesome. If the Bucks won the championship this year, I mean, come on, I'll, I'll tip my cap. That's a, I would love that for Bucks fans, small market. Because again, I've said this before. To even keep though, honest, even though Dallas is an incredibly big market. The way our franchises operate make us feel like a tiny market. So <laughs> I sympathize with small market teams. Yeah. No, I, I well, of course, Charlotte, even though I'm in the airport last week and over the now, oh, Charlotte's the 15th largest city. I go, wait a second. We're the 15th largest city now. Wow. All we're right. going like crazy. Yeah. Growing like crazy. So it's, it's pretty wild. So we're, uh, yeah, technically a small market NBA team, but now we got, we got LaMelo Ball. Let's go. Who else, who else wants to come to Charlotte? We're, we're building around ball. Hey, rock the pinstripes not. more. Maybe that'll That's rock right. the hardwood classics. Get some free yeah. agents. Keep, keep Grandma Ma in the mix. Larry Johnson, <laughs> bring him back. He's getting some love because of Space Jam. We're talking you know, Space Jam again. Hey, uh, coming out soon. My, my boy Larry Johnson. That was my, my favorite Hornet growing up. So, um, mm-hmm. All right. A couple other topics. Uh, and then we, I want to get to tap drill. We're, we're just not going to have time to talk about the, the NC State situation. And honestly, it's one of these situations that is, it's very touchy. And it's like, I, I don't know what direction to go. Very touchy. Other than, and, and most people probably know by now, you know, they, they get kicked out of the College World Series and it's devastating. I mean, I've, I've got a good friend who's a diehard NC State fan. Just a gut-wrenching for loyal the team listener, and, and I'm sorry, Brady. I am sorry that your team, you're, you're following them closely, that they had to go home this way. But I, but I think what bothers me the most is the hypocrisy and the inconsistencies, really, the whole time with, with the coronavirus and some of the, the, the protocols and the rules. It all just didn't add up and make sense, and that's what created yeah. a lot of confusion uh, the idea that always drove me nuts with the coaches, why they had a mask and then they take it off when they go into the huddle. And they're standing there alone. They have the mask on. And then if they're talking to their players, they take it down. Okay, so that doesn't make any sense. All right. so that's, that, that was that. Players, then, tossing, players tossing on a mask in the locker room and uh, yeah, well, on, the, on the sidelines. They're rubbing up on each other, boxing out. And then when they go to the, the bench <laughs> and they're separated from each other, they put the mask on. But then when they talk in the huddle, they put it down. So – None of that makes any sense. And so with this NC State situation, it's the fact that fans are still allowed. So 20,000 fans are in attendance, and they're not being tested or anything like that, yet the players are. So there's some frustration that I absolutely understand with that, that the NCAA is making money off of the fans and the crowd, um, but but then to eliminate a game isn't great either. So that 
that doesn't help with the revenue. So then that doesn't, that argument doesn't fully add up either. So just a, a lot of gray area, a lot of frustration, a disappointment. You would, you would have hoped at this point, you know, we're talking June a year later that some of this would have been worked out a little bit better so that we, we weren't seeing cancellations and yeah. you feel uh, the whole time throughout this, I've really had a heart for high school and college kids because 100%. it's a special time in your life. Now, for middle schoolers, if you miss some time in middle school, good for you. You lucked out. But high schoolers in college and for, for us, sports, hey, speak for yourself. Some people in middle school were the glory days. Oh, you peaked in. I told you I was standing at the loser wall. No, so I got turned down twice for the dance. I, you know, not a good time. So high school um, was your time to shine. College. I, I peaked in college. I peaked gotcha. in college. Fifth grade and then college. Um, so, uh, yeah, fifth grade, big year of fifth grade. I won the academic excellence award and finished third in the Turkey trot. That was, that was, wow. So fifth grade was like, you got rookie of the year and then just battling injuries, whole career Uh, college old guy. We're rooting for him to get a championship. That's it. There you go. It all comes full circle. The Seinfeld of of sports podcasts. That's right. Um, what was I saying? I don't know what I was saying, but anyway, Oh, NC state. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I was going, but anyway, it's just gut wrenching. All that you said and then add on that they had a legitimate shot to win a championship. Yeah. That is just because John Rom, John Rom, John Rom is 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 kicked out of the memorial, but two weeks later he's got a chance to win a US Open. NC State, no second chances. It's so unfortunate. Oh, Daniel called it like it is. <laughs> That's my roommate. That was my roommate. Oh man, call me out. Hold me accountable. But you did peak with um oh, what's that thing you'd always make for Super Bowl Super Bowl parties in college? Oh, barf dip. Barf dip. For oh, the, yeah. for, just for yeah, the sake of the audience, can, can we can we get a, a quick description of what barf dip is? Because for those who don't know, Bryce is very proud of this. And I have heard about barf dip maybe possibly more than I've heard him talk about Jake DeLome, which is really <laughs> saying something. Yeah, so I was yeah, growing up, my mom always made this thing called barf dip. So it's a you know a Mexican dip. And two ingredients, those are secret ingredients, and it is delicious. So when I would have birthday parties growing up, you know, big bonfires in the backyard, we would have barf dip, and people loved it. They loved it. I'd go to college, Super Bowl parties, barf dip. Everybody loved it, and everybody would always ask for the recipe, but I can't give it. I can't give it out. So I still I, – I've, I've, I, I bring it out every once in a while these days, but maybe not as much. I'm trying to eat a little healthier. Those two ingredients are not real healthy. Head to Charlotte if you want some barf dip. Head That's to Charlotte. It. That's right. But what I was saying, well, I, I remember my train of thought. Just I feel bad for college kids and, and high school kids. Exactly. Especially yep. the athletes that you know, this is your one window of opportunity. This was NC State. Like they're, they're not like John Rahm, who the next week or two weeks later, you get a chance to win another tournament. This, this is it. Like these seniors, that, that's it. So that's that's devastating for for NC State fans and players coaches, everyone involved. So I do feel for them. I agree for that. Even as last, a Duke fan. last year, seniors in high school, the guys I was youth leaders for, they're senior, they were seniors in high school last year or juniors, but knowing their senior friends, it's just so heartbreaking senior year, last year, play sports, how that affects recruiting or that is how it affects a player wanting to just enjoy their senior year of sports in high school. Some people, I, I did not appreciate this at all. Some people would be like, well, People are out here dying. There's way more worse problems than losing your senior year of football. Okay, that's yes, that's true. But to say someone can never be sad about it, there's how do we rank? There's no yeah. idea. Well, that's, you're that's not, you don't experience quote. something that's sad enough to be able to actually be sad about it. 
we should affirm the things people lost, yeah. whether it's uh, whether it's losing a loved one or losing a senior season in football. Both of those things we're allowed to be sad about. So That's I right. did not appreciate when people would get, make people feel guilty for what they thought were not right. important things. That's right. Yeah, sure. In 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 the scheme of things, yeah, I, I get that argument. That's fine. But for these individuals, yeah, these these players, man, they were they were feeling the momentum, feeling the run. And All the work they put they, in. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a second. I, I and some of these guys were actually uh, vaccinated, and then they still tested positive. And they like, almost won with half a roster. They almost beat yeah. Vandy, and they had a pitcher. Yeah. They had a pitcher that had not had no at bats all season. Went three for four. They had five players starting in different positions. Oh, just give them a chance. Uh, I know. I get let it, yeah. Let them go. Let them uh, five players. Let's see what they can do. Who's healthy? <laughs> Who's healthy? Get on out there. Let's go. Grab some fans. Grab some fans. Come on. Don't cancel games. Nobody wants to cancel games. Are you kidding me? Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's make sure we get to tap drill. We still haven't talked about Luke and uh, my big uh, dinner. I think everybody's waiting around to hear about our dinner <laughs> in Texas. So we do need to get to that. But let's uh, let's do tap drill, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into uh, fun times in in Texas. All right, Henry, go ahead. You guys are making me hungry. I want to hear about that dinner too. Ooh. It was, Man, it, listen. It was delicious. Right. So, <laughs> let's get a tap drill. All right. First off, we've been talking about golf all morning. And how would you feel about being Harris English trying to make the putt to win the to win the Travelers? Now, that's nothing compared to James Conrad, who took the number one spot in the Sports Center top ten by hitting a two hundred and forty-seven foot shot just to make it to the playoff. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. James Conrad, number one spot on ESPN Sports Center. He, I, I can't even fling a Frisbee 10 feet. This dude hit 247 yards, yeah, excuse no me, 247 feet to make it to the playoff and then winds up winning the Disc Chalf Championship. So I don't know if you boys saw it, but my question to you is, is that the most clutch shot that you've ever seen oh wow we're gonna put disc golf in into the most clutch shot ever yike <laughs> now we'll give him it's some 247 clutch. feet man no i don't understand i can't figure out how to throw a disc golf i've played i've gone out there it's a nice afternoon you walk through the the, the woods and you, know, you throw a little yeah. frisbee into a little metal bag. very basket. very fun very it, fun it's it's nice but I can't figure it out. I don't. I don't know how to do it, and so it's frustrating. So I guess from that standpoint, I admire those guys that just can fling it, and they know exactly where that thing's going because you got to play the wind and then yeah. the, land into the the hole, which is metal chain, you know, whatever. Good for him. That's that's impressive. So yeah. So I know a, a disc golf disc is not like a frisbee, but tonight Madeline and I are teaching. Uh, campers at our church had to throw a frisbee at the at the kids' sports camp, Ooh. sports and fine arts camp. So I better figure it out. Sports and fine arts. That's <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah. We're, at the, we're at the frisbee station, um, <laughs> but that's impressive. So I was actually looking up a, a disc golf hole in one is not as rare as a golf hole in one, but still incredibly <laughs> impressive. I played disc golf very. I'm probably below mediocre, but. Very difficult. Also, Henry, you talked about how would we feel about Harris English's 16-foot putt to win the Travelers. This may be just an appraisal of my self-confidence and competitiveness. I would much rather a 50-footer for the win 
than a three footer because really oh I would be ter- I mean I'm terrified regardless the fifty footer you miss yeah you're probably supposed to miss that a three footer to win a golf tournament my knees would be shaking I would look like Elvis out there I would be so terrified point. yeah I, I agree with that yeah that's that's that, it's that uh it's that fear of failure. Gosh, that's that's the mind. That's the mind tricks coming into play when it's like that three foot. butt. it's like it's like shooting the free throw with no time left to win the to win the championship. The mind games come into play now staying in golf with conventional golf. There's not we're talking about being clutch. There's nothing more clutch than hitting than holding out and winning some coin. And Mm -hmm. that's what your boy Brooks Kepka did when he had a side bet with Dustin Johnson. So their side bet for people that for people that were in the know and that they were reporting was that if you hole out from 50 yards, not 50 feet now, 50 yards and beyond, that's that's $1000. So Brooks Kepka decides that he wants to hole out not from 50 yards, but from 159 yards out makes it, I believe, into the 13th on the Travelers, and you could see him on camera doing the money sign, looking directly at the uh, camera to ju- to Dustin Johnson saying, yeah, uh, me the money. pay up, pay, pay up. up, buddy. Wow. That's an incredible feeling. I've chipped in, or I, I've, I've made a shot from like 60 yards off the green, and it was one of the best feelings emotionally I have ever experienced. But these guys actually do it routinely. Like, you talk to a guy like Justin Thomas, I think he has, like, 18 hole-in-ones, which is just, like, it makes me just want to hate him. Like, what? <laughs> Give me some of those. Give me one of those. You have 18? What do you need 18 for? Come on. Dude, if I make a hole-in-one, I'm never playing golf again. <laughs> Ever. That's what you say. But the golf it, bug would be biting you all over the place, and you would be in its trap forever. Hey, like I said before, guys, like I said before, guys, you've convinced me. I'm a golf fan, so... Uh, Henry's in. Henry's in. All right, man. Uh, what's next? All right, let's get one more tap drilling before uh, before we get to the dinner. The dinner at Texas here. This year marks the 25th anniversary of the 1996 NBA draft. You yeah. got guys like Marcus Camby, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, uh, Bryce's guy Sharif Abdul Rahim. So, boys, <laughs> my my single question to you is this. Who is the best of the best of the 96 draft? Ooh. Well, you, I got Kobe on the wall. But Steve Nash, the fact that that he, you know, coming out of Santa Clara, the career that he had, he's underrated because he went like. And was going to think maybe play pro soccer. Was yeah, he thinking about I mean, playing pro soccer? From Canada. That, that That's an incredible story for Steve Nash. Now coaching the Nets. I mean, that that's pretty cool. So. The, the depth of that draft, and so I was 10 years old during the 96 draft. That's when I became an NBA fan, and I, I was talking about Kobe earlier. That's when I started collecting cards, basketball cards. That is my era. I love it. I love that draft. Allen Iverson is still underrated. He, he's better yeah. than all these guys right now. Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, some of these guys, you know, point guards that score and, and carry their teams. AI took... Aaron McKee and Eric Snow and Tyrone Hill and Dikembe and Todd McCullough to the NBA Finals. It was Keith Van Horn there. And but, they won game one, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Stepping so, over Ty Lue. That was, was the game he stepped over Ty Lue. That's right. Stephon Marbury was, was good uh, early in his career playing with Kevin Garnett. Ray Allen, tremendous career, one of the shooters of all time. 
that was a loaded draft. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you shout out. Shout out to my buddy Ryan Keene for his favorite player in this draft, Zadernis Ilgalskis. Don't you dare. Don't sleep on Big Z. He used to destroy me in 2K with Big Z. It was so frustrating. He's no Vitaly Potompinko. He's got his uh he's got his jersey <laughs> in the rafters in Cleveland. Vitaly Potopico. He was in a he yeah. was drafted. I think he was drafted by Cleveland as well. Big Eric Ampier. Oh, the legends. Ooh, Mavs legend. Pedro Stoyakovich, champion now, champion with the Mavs. Pedro wasn't in that draft. Pedro was at, not I'm in look, that draft. I'm looking no. at the ninety six draft. No. Not Pedro. Sorry. I'm looking at him's name right here. Fourteenth. Pedro Stoyakovich? No, no. Yes, fourteenth to the Kings. Pay really, up. the ninety-six draft. He he played with um he played with Chris Webber and those boys. Oh yeah, the, on, the, on the Sacramento Kings. Oh yeah. Maybe I'm, of, maybe I'm thinking of Hidu. Hidu Turkoglu. Oh, those Magic teams, unreal. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. And then Michael know. Michael Petris. Gosh, or oh, Mikhail yeah, Petris. Right. So good. Redick was on that team. Uh, all right, all right, boys. I'm done with tap drill. Let's get back to you guys and the summit in Texas. That's what we want to hear about. All right. So the diehard listeners are still listening now. And and so Luke and I, we met two years ago when Luke came to Charlotte from the the Texas Dallas area uh, to intern with us here at Unpacking It. We didn't want him to to leave us. So we hired him after the internship. And he's, he's been with us now for the last two years. Well, two years have gone by and I have not seen Luke face to face. He has gotten married. He has grown a larger mustache. <laughs> and so this past week, I was at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. So people from all over, at least the country, maybe around the world, uh, were there in in Dallas. Uh, what, what, what do we call it? What's the area? Grapevine. Yep, uh, at the Gaylord at, Texan. The Gaylord Texan. And so it was a great convention. Uh, I spoke one of the days and was able to, to meet a lot of cool people. Benjamin Watson, who had been a guest on Unpacking It, met him. Cameron Arnett is an actor. He was there. He was on our show last summer. Uh, cool guy. So got to see some great people. And Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid was there, but I missed him. I did ah. miss Dennis Quaid, but he was there promoting a Reagan movie. Um, but anyway, the, the highlight of the week, of course, was going to see Luke and meeting Madeline. So we went out for a nice Tex-Mex dinner. Oh, yeah. And, and so... I'll let you jump in, Luke, as, as your big takeaway from the night. And then I've got to make an observation uh, as well. So you okay. go first. So first, on a serious note, so good to see Bryce because I think the world of him, great boss, great friend, great husband and father, to think it's been two years is wild. You and I would crack up all day in the office. It was just <laughs> you and me in that little office. You stuck me in the corner. Oh, it was hilarious. But uh, here at all, yeah, you clearing your throat all the time, the heavy inhales. But uh, it was fun. To, uh, the first day I was in Charlotte, you took me out to have Greek food. So uh, that, that was where it started. But, um, yeah, it's so crazy just hearing your radio voice across a screen for two years and then talking on the phone, but then seeing you in person, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're a real person. <laughs> yes, so, I am. Uh, it, was, it was great to see you. Super excited you got to meet Madeline. Um, I love it's it's been fun people getting to meet her for the first time just because haven't been able to see a ton of people the past year. Sure. So that was really exciting. Uh, selfishly got to go to my favorite 
uh, Tex-Mex place growing up, La Hacienda Ranch, which translated, I think, means the ranch ranch. Because uh, I think Hacienda means ranch in Spanish. So interesting observation there. Um, but very fun. Very fun. I, I have a few observations as well, but I don't want to uh, steal your thunder. So I'll let you go first. And then if you miss anything, I will gladly point out some other uh, important features of the night. All right. So, you know, anytime you go, so I've, I'm used to this because I was single for a while. So I would go out with couples and be the single crazy guy. And so I was kind of in that role a, a little bit with uh, when, when you know, I'm there with Luke and Madeline. So I'm sitting on the other side of the booth with, with these two. So Luke and I, we can talk for hours. We talk about, you know, we talk on the show. We have a big old time. Thanks, Henry. Henry's got to run. We'll see you, buddy. Great work. Um, so, so anyway, so we're, we're having a big old time. So the night's going on, and when I go out to, to eat dinner, I go long. I'm a slow eater and a, and a long talker. So when you, when you go out with me, you are in. You better, you better know the commitment that you are making. And, and I'm, I'm out of town. I don't have to get back for bedtime. I'm, I am out of town. <laughs> I am on the town, and so I'm having a big old time. So a couple of hours passed. We're, you know, we're laughing, having a good time. Madeline's great. Awesome to meet her. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm telling stories, I'm talking, and I, and I look over, and Madeline does the tap, the tap that says, it is time to go. It is time. I have had enough. It is getting late. Can we please get out of here? She didn't have to say anything. She gave Luke the tap. Now, this wasn't a tap underneath the table. It was a tap on top of the table to say, Luke, you better make, you better make a move. You better figure this thing out because I, you know, I picked up the tab. And so you couldn't use the excuse of, oh, let me, let me get the check. I'm in, I'm responsible for that. I'm so I'm controlling when this thing ends. It's a, yeah, it's in the palm of your hand the evening. So, so I know I'm, I'm in charge, but thankfully I've, 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 you know, been around the block or two when it comes to, to social situations, you have to be able to pick up on the social cues. Now, maybe I missed one earlier in the night, but I did notice this one and I knew it was time to go. Did I read it correctly, Luke? Did I read it correctly? You know, I don't know. I don't. I. I, I don't recall consciously being aware of a tap. Mm. I, we had been there a while, so I. I cannot confirm or deny. All I will confirm is that we had a great time, and we did <laughs> not get in the car and say, "Man, that was long." So I can with with uh, with total trust in what I'm saying. We did not say that. So we had a great time, and it was great to catch up and you talked to Madeline. But that's funny that. That was a, a potential observation. None, none that her and I had discussed. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and so then the other debacle, well, not the other, the, the debacle of Bryce's <laughs> trip to Texas. Oh, man. I w- you, we should show the picture, the, the uh, selfie. The picture is unbearable. So as you can see, if you are watching <laughs> the podcast right now, I use hair gel. Oh, yeah. And the reason I use hair gel is because my hair needs hair gel mm-hmm. now some guys can do the you know andrew's here he's got no hair gel he's just got some nice you know red hair it's it's flowing it's curly he's good Ooh. to go rolls out of bed side good note to go. is it red hair are we uh are we extending red hair too generously here uh it's blondish red blondish okay. red. i would yes, love to andrew's- see i would love to hear what he 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 claims because if he's going to claim to be part of part of the bloodline then i would love to welcome him oh he's in okay. he's in he's, he's in. irish German. Oh, German. German, okay. eh? I'm German as well. You are. There um, you go. So you guys but are yeah, Andrew, Andrew's a guy that's blessed with hair that just falls in place. Yeah, so it's good. You're good. So good, good for you. For me, I need hair gel. Mm-hmm. And so... You need it. 
So here I was last week. So last Monday, I had to catch a flight. I still did the show last Monday. Remember, I was here. Then that afternoon, I had to prepare to, to, to leave for most of the week. Well, one of the casualties when it came to packing up my bag, and I'm not going to make an excuse because Jody's no the one that packed my bag. She packed my toiletries, which was very sweet of her. So she's a great wife. She helped me pack. But Jody forgot the hair gel. Now, I also forgot the hair gel. So I'm not going to blame her. I'm not going to give that excuse like we talked about earlier. <laughs> the two of us forgot the hair gel. So I wore a hat on the plane. So I'm, I'm flying to Texas. I arrive, and I recognize that next morning mm. that I had no hair gel. Yep. It's, it's, it's panic. You wake up. You got bedhead. Yeah. Hair's crazy. You look in the mirror, and you think, oh, oh no. no. I can't fix this. Uh-uh. So here I am at this convention, some of the world's <laughs> leaders in Christian media and broadcasting. You know, who knows who we could partner with? Who knows who could help us? And I'm walking around like a big goof who, who blew dry his hair. Blow dry oh. his hair. I don't, even, I don't even know how to say it. But I used the hotel's blow dryer. Oh. So I'm in there blowing my hair, trying to salvage this, this nasty hair. And I walked out looking like a, a, a just a total goof. Well, let, let, let's let's grade Bryce, who would have gotten yeah. turned down at the dance. That's let's who just, I look like. Let's just acknowledge you went with a new hairstyle because the blow drying technique unable to go <laughs> the gelled back hairstyle. So you had to on the fly create conjure up a hairstyle meant for you blow drying your hair. Yeah. And the selfie you showed me. Oh. My original change. question is, the only way you get off this is if there was a no-hat policy at the conference. Why Why was I, I, the hat not in the arsenal as a backup plan? No, you're exactly right. Because you wore it, the hat to dinner. I did wear the hat to dinner. So, it, you know, it's a professional co convention. And so, you know, I was going to be a speaker. And so what, was I going to walk around with a hat? I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't justify it. Mm -hmm. And so I chose the goofy hair instead of the hat, and it was a, an absolute debacle. I walked around feeling so insecure. I felt just just like everybody's staring at me. Everybody's laughing at me. So I had no confidence to walk up to anybody. I was avoiding people just so they wouldn't see me wearing my hair like this. And so what ended up happening is back to our dinner. So Luke, you know, I had no car there. I had an Uber to the hotel. And so Luke and Madeline had to pick me up from the hotel to take me out to dinner. Well, what did I do while we were out? Hey, guys, can we stop by so I can get some hair gel? Well, you so, texted me earlier. You, oh, I, I, texted texted, you earlier. I texted you. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't heard from you. <laughs> I was like, did this dude even make it? That's so I texted you, when are we picking you up and what time? And you sent me three texts. The first two were just, <laughs> let me send the most minimal text possible so I can get to the more important one. You say, Gaylord out front. When is good for you? Do you have any hair gel I can borrow? And maybe can we go to the store tonight? I said, I don't have much, but we could stop by a store. You said, great. I look like a Yeti. <laughs> you know what that line's from? I wish. I look like a Yeti. That's from Mrs. Doubtfire. Ooh. From Mrs. Doubtfire. I look like a Yeti. So that's, oh. that's how I felt. Oh, my gosh. And, but, but how ridiculous of a, of a favor is, can I borrow some hair gel? Which basically means, can I have some hair gel? Uh -huh. Because what, 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 what am I going to do? Put it in a little baggie? <laughs> like, let me get a little. Maybe give you a swipe in the car. Gel? Here you go. Yeah. Let me, let me get a little bit of hair gel to yeah. take the road. 
so, so we no, went, to, we went well, to Target. Dinner was dinner was great. You have the the speaking of Guinness World Records earlier, um, with the, the grain of salt I talked about. You had the largest portion of sour cream I have ever seen oh in my, my life. Gosh. Don't get me started on this. Charge two fifty for sour cream. So, all right, all right. Here's the thing. So, I love Mexican <laughs> food. I was born in New Mexico, so I, I'm all in. I can eat. I can eat Mexican food all the time. But when I'm eating, so I had, I had to order a taco because Luke was getting the tacos. I wanted some other thing, but they wouldn't make it for me. A flauta. I wanted a flauta, but I wanted ground beef. I don't want chicken flautas. I want ground beef flautas. <laughs> and so they wouldn't let me have it. But I was like, all right, fine. I'll get tacos. And I was like, oh, does it come with some sour cream? I like a little sour cream on it. Now, normally I'm at home with a pregnant wife and we have Greek yogurt. We, you know, we're eating healthy. It's Greek yogurt. Well, Greek yogurt's fine. It, it, it you know, works, but it's not sour cream. So I'm out. I'm right out on the town. town. I'm out <laughs> in the town. Yeah, let me get a little sour cream. And so, you know, I, I ask, hey, does it come with sour cream? No, but I can, get, I can give you some on the side. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll get some sour cream on the side. He comes out with the largest bowl of sour cream. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was. I could have had just a meal of sour cream. It was a bowl of ice cream. It was it like a bowl of, with some little. Uh, it even had a little seasoning on top, like a little red chili powder on top so of the sour cream. There are only, there's, only, there's only two options here because one, I've never seen that much sour cream ever served. That's okay, all from the store. So from the, the 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 only two options here are he misheard you, which that's a stretch. He would have had to mishear you and add words to the sentence. Yeah. The only other option is you look like a guy that needs a ton of sour cream. And that's what he thought. <laughs> oh, this guy. He says a little, but this guy, I know he needs a ton. Just some sour cream for two little tacos. You had, you had enough for the entire table. Maybe for the I, table behind us. I did eat a lot of it, though. You, I oh, yeah. Kidding. But, but, but he, here's a critical thing, though. So I'm all for the side of sour cream. And even if you have to charge maybe 50 cents, right? 50 cents. All right, fine. It's not part of the normal meal. 250 for an outrageous amount of sour cream, which I could never finish. I could never drink all that or eat all that sour cream. Drink. I had to drink it, basically. It was like a bowl of, of, <laughs> of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I should have taken a straw to it. But to charge me 250 and to not tell me, yeah, yeah, I can bring you out mm -hmm. some sour cream. It's going to come out in this monster bowl. It's going to be more sour cream than you could ever imagine eating. And I'm yep. going to charge you 250 for it. Did he tell me that? No, he, he did, did not. not. Nope. So I am blindsided, not only by the size of the sour cream and the amount of sour cream and feeling obligated to eat it because I don't like to waste food, and then to have to pay 250 for sour cream. I mean, just the, the outrage. Oh. So there you go. But then we went to Target, got some hair gel. You bought so much water. Um, so it wasn't some, ni some nice water. And then Bryce goes, hey, let me uh let me check some of the some of the baseball basketball cards. And you I had no idea. You're like, yeah, there's fights, stores aren't selling them in stores or in their store. People are going crazy. I'm like, what? I must have missed this. So we go, there's signs. We will not be selling cards in Target. Manager walks up. Uh you guys looking for anything? Yeah, I'm looking for baseball cards. She goes, Well basketball. Basketball cards. Uh we don't sell them in store. Uh, the sign the sign says it right here. The sign, the sign says, says it. it. Well, we we know that. We know that. And then Brian, <laughs> you started trolling her the rest of the conversation. This 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 was supposed to stay in Target. What happens in Target stays in Target. But no, the lady comes out and she makes it. She she wants me to realize I didn't ask for any help. She comes right. out to, to help me, and she's like, you know, you know how the salespeople are at different stores, where like they want to help you 
even though you don't need any help or you're not asking for it. And so I was just, you know, trying to see if there were any cards available. It would have been fun to buy a little pack of cards and, and open them, them up on my trip, you know, to follow up the sour cream. And, and so she, I saw the sign. It said no cards. Okay, fine. Great. They're not selling them. And then she comes out. Oh, can I help you with anything? No, no. I was just looking at the cards. And she, oh, well, yeah, there's a sign that says there's no cards. Oh, so the sign says there's no cards. So I kept going back to her. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. We were going to get some cards, but the sign says there's no cards. So, right. We're not going to get any cards. So is that what you're saying? There's no cards. Yeah. Yeah. The sign that says there's no cards. Oh, okay. So no. So you're telling me that the sign, there's no cards available. So in this whole story, there's no cards. Oh yeah. The sign says it. So I should have known. So I'm going back and forth with the lady. We're talking in circles. Luke's just laughing and giggling. And so that was our, uh, that was our debacle at target. A great time. A great, a great visit to Texas. Quite, quite the adventure. So I, I went home with no cards, but plenty of sour cream and gel and gel. And so then guess what happened? So the next, the next night went out to dinner with uh, someone who runs a pack. He's a loyal listener of this podcast. So hopefully he's listening now. His name is Chad. We had a wonderful dinner. Well, guess what predicament I was in? Guess where he wanted to go out to eat? Ooh, Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. Oh yeah. So I went back to back Tex-Mex dinners. Where'd you I go, go to Texas and I went to two different ones, whoa, blue whoa. lagoon or blue something or other. Ah. Some blue. It was. Yeah. So I, I had a chimichanga. So Ooh. with no sour cream, ah. I had, I, I had plenty tied me over from the night, from the night before. Oh. So I was great to Chad. It was fun, but it was one of those situations where he, I think he even asked me like what I had the night before. And mm. I just had to avoid, cause I didn't want him to feel like, yeah. Oh, we already had Mexican yesterday. And then I didn't want to tell you that I was having it the next night. So, I, so, so you I were just speaking in platitudes, eh, a little of this, little of that. Yeah. We had some, you know, some, yeah. but Thankfully, the second night, I was actually able to eat some of the queso, uh, the queso because Luke ate all the queso the night before. So I was hey. unable to have the queso. I played a sour cream, not enough queso because Luke ate it all. The next night with Chad, I went hard early to make That's sure right. that I had enough queso. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, I wasn't letting you off easy. I, my favorite place. So uh, queso was mine. That's right. That's right. All right. So we went long today. So this should tie you over because next Monday – is the 4th of July weekend. So we will not do a show next Monday. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll celebrate 4th of July weekend, which is always fun. Uh, so Luke, great seeing you. Great meeting Madeline. She's awesome. You win. Way to go on that. And uh, happy for you guys. And fun show today. Thanks to Henry. He had the run. We went a little late today. Excuse me. Thanks for everybody uh, listening. Uh, great response on the, uh, the chat today. Good feedback. Appreciate that. Those of you listening to the podcast, uh, would love to hear from you. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Uh, I'm wearing my fantasy football fellowship shirt. Uh, it's fantasy season, so you'll be hearing a lot about that coming up. Uh, we'll be talking fantasy football fellowship and the uh, the playbook. Hopefully you've ordered yours and you are preparing for the upcoming season. Use it in your league. Use it at your church. Get it going. Fantasyfootballfellowship.org and check that out. All right, guys, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. The Unpack This devotional about no more excuses will come out later today. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks right here on the Unpack. 
Hacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.